Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, aka Clean Sheet Wipeout. My name's James, aka FPL Drug. And welcome to the third instalment of our dedicated Sky Fantasy Football Podcast. What a game. Yeah, it's been a good, good week of action. Exactly, yeah, what a game week it was. It was uh, full of goals, full of tier points, um... I think some quite high scores across the community, to be fair, given the the limited captaincy options that we had with obviously two two games uh, or two game days in uh, Saturday and Sunday this week, which was quite nice compared to last season. But I think, yeah, looking at the data, should we just get stuck into it, mate? I think we should. Absolutely. And first things first, the, uh, the thriller that was on Saturday lunchtime, it was Man City 5, Arsenal 0. Yeah, fantastic game. Um... Brilliant for anyone that owns City players, uh, defensive or attacking. Uh, tier returns, as you'd expect, from the from the centre-backs. Um, DS obviously not getting Tier 2. Yeah, a little bit frustrating. Yeah, Laporte getting Tier 2 on 80 passes. Cancelo as well hitting Tier 2, which is a bit of a surprise. Normally it goes to the centre-backs. Mm. Um, but yeah, credit to those on Cancelo. I think I've got him in one team. Nice, nicely and- done. Returns across the board for the midfielders and attackers. Assists, goals for Gundogan, Rodri, Torres, Grealish, Jesus. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I mean, we're right to obviously note the fact that Torres got two goals and an assist there. But I think out of the lot of them, Rodri is the standout. And he was kind of last season in that midfield role. He uh, got himself a goal, but he had 100 passes and got himself four tackles. So obviously tackle tier one and... It's something you saw quite consistently when he played last season. It was between him and Fernandinho, um, which became the risk factor, like sometimes Rodri would miss out, which was a little bit frustrating. But yeah, another one of those mammoth returns where you're, you're looking at double figures for, for a player that is quite cheap in the game, to be fair. Yeah, great pick. I think CDMs and Sky are very much the princes to the frogs in FPL. I think <laughs> you ignore them in FPL, but in Sky, they come into their own. They get passing tier, they get tackle tier. They can even occasionally obviously score. But um, yeah, Goldust, uh, Jorginho in this game. Yep. Rodri. And DD. There's, there's loads of them, isn't there? And I guess the the only Arsenal player of note really in this game was the fact that Leno managed to hit saved here too, like kept Arsenal in the game at times. And that's that's funny saying as they still conceded five, they're sitting bottom of the league. But yeah, for him to obviously pick up saved here too, it could have been even worse for Arsenal. No, it certainly could have. And surely you'd think uh, Ramsdale will now get his chance in between the sticks you think yeah who knows they've obviously paid what is it almost 30 million for him and surely you're not paying that for it for a backup keeper but it'd be interesting to see what what arteta does and i guess the only other point worth noting with arsenal is the fact that there are probably a few people out there that started with granite xhaka um in game week one obviously for that arsenal brentford captaincy choosing to go against ivan tony the reason I went against Jacker and went Tony is because I can't trust him not to pick up these stupid fouls and these silly red cards. And once again, two-footed, gets sent off rightly, and you're looking at a minus point there. Yeah, mentally, he just loses his composure too easily. 
Um, and he's going to cost you if you've got him in your team. Um, Arsenal, they, they started well for the first five to ten minutes of the game, but then after that first goal, they were, they were just anonymous. Yeah, they were. I mean, as soon as I saw the fact that Kolasinac was starting in that defensive lineup, I was worried for them, and rightly so. Um, all right, then, moving on to the uh, the second game, and I know this was a game that hurt you. It was uh, Aston Villa 1, Brentford 1. Yeah, really annoyed me in Sky. Um, I decided to captain Tyrone Mings in both teams. Batshit uh, crazy. Yeah, well, he start, obviously he's a regular starter for Villa. I expected him to start, expected a potential clean sheet, maybe tears, or, and potentially, obviously, an attack in return from a corner or whatever. But, yeah, for him to not start was um, extremely painful. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they uh, seem to, obviously, he was injured, so they've uh, thrown in a few, few different lads. Uh, heard a lot about Chuck Wu Maker. I don't know if I butchered that pronunciation. <laughs> You've done better than I could. <laughs> I'll give it a go. Um, heard a lot about him. Played played okay. Nowhere near on the uh, tiers and nah. got substituted. But yeah, I guess the talking point of this game is uh, Ivan Tony finally getting off the mark. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say got got himself the goal that we've all been waiting for. Obviously, got the man the match in the uh, the first game for Sky. But yeah, got himself a goal and. Uh, the return that I guess we'd been craving because I can't imagine many of us, to be honest, are really going to have Villa or Brentford assets come, uh, you know, game week four, because I just don't think we need to. Obviously the likes of Danny Ings gets himself an assist there, but doesn't hit tears once again. Martinez misses out against Chelsea, so we're not going to want to start with him. And I guess Brentford, you'd maybe look at them as a cheap alternative. So, Pinnock, for instance, once again hitting um, Parson Tier 2. The only one to get anywhere near it. And I guess the amusing thing is the fact that Raya got 45 passes, so I guess they were just passing between the two of them. It certainly looks like it, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on then to uh, a game where I know most of us probably own uh, a home defensive asset here, and we, we did well with tears, but we didn't get the clean sheet again. It was uh, Brighton nil, Everton 2. No, a bit of disappointing performance from Brighton um, in this one. But yeah, as you say, those those defenders becoming increasingly reliable for the passing tier, comfortably in tier two for most of them, and tackle tier for Webster as well. What a bargain. Uh, Webster has been an absolute bargain at 7 million, and I think he's probably one of the first players on my team sheet for um, post-overhaul because that man just seems to consistently hit both tiers. Obviously, it's something that we saw Lewis Dunk do quite regularly last season, but Dunk's obviously hitting the pass, and he's, he's not getting anywhere near tackle tier at the moment. Webster seems the one that's getting himself stuck in, and uh, yeah, once again, picking up both both sets. It's great to see, given if you don't keep a clean sheet, you can still pick up a good eight-pointer, you know, from from the likes of Webster, and at seven million, that's that's a great return. Oh, it really is. Um, and someone else who was getting stuck in was... Uh... With Charlison <laughs> trying to steal steal the pen off of Calvert Lewis. Oh, I know. I can imagine our uh, owners were uh, cursing when they uh, saw Richarlison grabbing the ball there to start with. But rightfully, DCL got it. Benita just come out and said that it's it's DCL's penalty, and uh, under the um, extreme amount of pressure that he must have been under after you know his teammates kind of lamped that on him, it was uh, a really well taken penalty. Got his goal, but again, another one of those strikers that. 
is scoring but isn't really hitting shot here um i think dcl is probably one to look at post overhaul because he is consistent and he does get the goals and you know with a being a penalty taker it's quite important but uh yeah it was just interesting to see obviously them, them winning this game but nobody hitting shot here no i think players like dcl and ings they don't really yet yeah, tend to get anywhere near the tiers but obviously what they lack in tiers they make up for in goals um alan again another player that you can add to the cdm list agreed yeah an assist and exactly tackle tier two it's, it's it's a great return it is and on to the next one uh which is a <laughs> Thriller, really. <laughs> Newcastle 2, Southampton 2. It was. This had my heart racing for most of the game. Obviously, we're both Saints fans, as everybody probably now knows. And in the first half, we should have been clear. I mean, um, Elianusi and obviously Carl Walker-Peters both got both got starts in the uh, in the game, and rightly so, after their performances midweek when we uh, we bagged eight goals in the cup. Not often we do that. But um, I'm by no means saying that Elianusi is someone that you should be bringing into your... Uh, into your sky teams he obviously got his goal he hit a shot tier two but there is going to be constant rotation in my opinion amongst our uh particularly our forward like wingers adams and armstrong very likely to be constants but you know when you've got someone like brozier teller redmond Gineppo, elianusi they're just going to be switching between a lot of them so honestly i wouldn't go anywhere near them except for say prousey who is as we know, Mr. Consistent when it comes to being a, a Southampton player. Once again, getting himself a penalty. Took it very well. Obviously, in the 96th minute, last last kick of the game. Gets himself shot to here and uh, passing to you, So, Yeah, I mean, you know what you're getting with Prowse. He's starting every game uh, on set pieces. So that's very, very appealing for, for a Sky player. And yeah, you even got tears in this game. Exactly, and I think the uh, the the most amusing stat of this game from a Sky perspective is seeing those Newcastle midfielders hit tackle tier two and comfortably as well. But I think that is probably credit to the way we approached the game in the first half. Like Gineppa was causing them all sorts of problems. Um, should have should have scored. Livermento should have got the assist for it. But it's quite amusing to sit there and see, say, Almiron. No shots, eleven passes, but eight tackles. Like almost as many tackles as he did passes. Such a strange game, and <laughs> those stats backing up. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, moving on then to a game in which, no doubt, one particular Leicester player has uh, frustrated quite a few, including myself, in the first three games. But it ended up being Norwich one, Leicester City two. Yeah, a bit of a disappointing performance uh, for Leicester. Those those on Harvey Barnes are obviously going to be frothing at the mouth. They're going to be furious. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say uh, probably my biggest regret of uh, starting uh, game week one was the fact that I had Harvey Barnes on one of the teams. It, it's frustrating because this Norwich game is the one that we were all targeting and we thought, right, well, if he's going to return in any of them, he'll, he'll be in this one, but once again, saw himself get an early substitution and it's been frustrating. Did you do it for captaincy? So did you not have any West Ham in the team or did you just pick him anyway? Just picked him. I genuinely thought, you know, last season, for instance, when he, when he came back, he uh, 
came back in quite some form. He's a good player and often hits shot tier and pre-season kind of showed that he's probably going to get you know further forward with that with Jamie Vardy but it just hasn't materialized and in, in my other team um that's doing a little bit better my first team I went with Tielemans is my my Leicester coverage rather than Harvey Barnes and yeah it's probably the place I should have gone Tielemans is usually consistent in terms of hitting tiers didn't get there this time but I think that's probably credit to Norwich to be fair yeah, uh, surprised everyone, really. Uh, Max Aaron's getting tackle tier two, five tackles. Obviously, Pookie pulling back a goal uh, from, from the spot. Maybe people, Mavericks, will bring him in against Arsenal. Uh, be a brave choice on overhaul, but who knows? It would, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think Jamie Vardy is another one of those brave picks. I've seen a few drafts out there that are... Um, starting with Vardy for instance because I think their fixtures after Man City are quite nice and then maybe looking to move on to another premium but Vardy is one of those players that has constantly frustrated me in Sky last season and I can't see me owning him again No, I mean on, on his current form like I can see why people have done it and it may well pay off, pay off but yeah it feels like a bit of a gamble to be doing it at how much he costs absolutely and then i guess from uh from one forward to another that is in form it was uh west ham two crystal palace two yep that man again nico antonio getting getting the goals and yeah what what performance goal and assist uh no tears for any west ham players no, no. one really close to to anything um but yeah, a decent performance from them, and a rather surprising performance from Palace actually as well. Yeah, yeah, I thought Palace uh, played particularly well, and it's funny to, well, I, I guess it's something that we've noticed in the past few weeks. But the fact that Crystal Palace seem to be at least getting closer to passing tiers defensively. So obviously, um, Anderson, for instance, hitting fifty-four passes in this game. West Ham are a tough team to play, so. It's one to keep an eye on because if and when we do potentially need Palace coverage, we I know that there is a single game day, I believe, against Arsenal. Um, probably likely to go with Arsenal, to be fair, but who knows? They might still be bottom of the league by then. Sorry, sorry, Arsenal fans. But someone like Ar um, Anderson could, could be a target because if he's getting close to passing tier, even if um, they don't keep a clean sheet, you, you could still look at a five-point return You know, there and 10 points as a captain is, is pretty handy. Yeah, it really is. And obviously, the talking point for this game was Gallagher scoring two goals. Pretty pretty impressed with him. Great finishes. Um, and yeah, you're seeing a lot of passes in 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 the stats there. And yeah, maybe Yeah is sort of going to have a more possession-based passing game. But you can see like Wade has got 26 passes. So they, they've uh, clearly sort of built from the back a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I guess this is the time that Vieira needs to to develop this Crystal Palace squad. So it'll be good to see um, how they progress. Certainly will. All right. And then um, moving on to the final Saturday game, which was uh, dubbed to be an absolute thriller. And to be fair, it was a great game until one big decision changed it. But it ended up being Liverpool 1, Chelsea 1. Yeah, good game, as you say. The decision sort of uh, changed the game, um, but Chelsea, to their credit, did defend it very well. Um, 
Aspilicueta getting his foot stuck in, six six tackles. Mendy, uh, obviously, some terrific saves, keeping keeping the minute. Very much so. In that second half, Mendy was uh, an absolute wall in that uh, in that goal there. Yeah, and then on the other flip side, you got Liverpool um, comfortable with regards to passing to uh, as you'd expect for yeah. Van Dijk, but but also Matic. And, yep. and and Alexander Arnold, to his credit, got a tier one. Exactly, I think genuinely going up against ten men made made a big difference there. And yeah, you, you, we normally are used to seeing the likes of you know Van Dyke hitting tiers when he plays. See, we've spoken about it before. I didn't see much of him last season, but led to believe the season before he was a an absolute unit for Sky. So uh, one that a lot of us will probably be looking at after overhaul. Um, I think the most interesting player for me is Elliot for Liverpool. Um, if he continues to keep his spot in that Liverpool squad, I think he's only seven million in Sky. Um, and if that's the case, like, would you be willing to take the risk, or do you not think it's worth it, and we just stick with the likes of VVD and um, Salah? I think I'd probably stick with the more nailed-on assets. I think in this game you want people to be starting, um, and I feel it just feels too much of a risk. Despite obviously, yeah, some very impressive stats there. Seventy-five passes. Yeah, I was going to say that the kid played well, and um, I think Klopp's been very impressed, which is why he's keeping the spot in the squad. All right, let's jump on to the uh, the Sunday fixtures then. And uh, first things first, it was Burnley one, Leeds one. Yeah, not quite what I expected in this game. Uh, I expected a bit more uh, going forward from Leeds. Uh, didn't really have too many shots on goal. I mean, Bamford had one shot, one goal. That kind of says it all with regards to them going forward. Yeah. But that's credit to Burnley, in fairness. They uh, defended well again. They seem to be very organised this season. They seem to be pressing a lot harder. The other teams, uh, they pressed Liverpool very well when they played them. And they, they did that to Leeds as well. Yeah, I was going to say Bamford was the only shot on target for Leeds. And it shows just how well Burnley played and how they managed to kind of isolate that um, Leeds attack. They, they just couldn't really get through them. And I guess credit to, um, say, McNeil, for instance, another one of those players where it's quite an amusing stat that he made 17 passes in the game, but made seven tackles. So uh, another one of those uh, wingers that likes to get stuck in. Yeah, mental. If you'd have said, like, Dwight McNeil and Almiron would get 15 tackles in the weekend. <laughs> You'd be very surprised. <laughs> you would, yeah. I, I guess the only sky point to note from a Leeds perspective in this game was the fact that, say, Cooper and Stroik um, once again managed to hit passing tier. And uh, if you aren't fancying Leeds attacking-wise, Cooper could be a good option if we needed Leeds coverage um, defensively. Look at Yeah, looking pretty reliable in terms of uh, tiers is Cooper. Um and I think I think he's a threat from corners as well when he goes yeah. when he goes up there. Yeah, I do rate him. Obviously, being being a Scott, um, I've kind of followed him for a while anyway. But yeah, he, he's a good player. Very nice. All right, and then um, jumping onto a game in which probably triggered quite a lot of transfers, both in game week two when people were jumping on Son, and then this week when I believe over four thousand people transferred in um, Harry Kane, but it ended up being Ston bleh, Ston Son. It stole the show. That's better. Try to say that when you're drunk. It was a uh, Spurs one, Watford nil. Yeah, I, I completely understand the people bringing in Harry Kane. Um, 
I was frightened of the returns that he could could obviously get against, say, Watford. Likewise. The the decision made sense, but it does as as I haven't made the decision, I've saved the transfer and there's I've not missed out on anything. So it's nice to be sitting on this side of the fence, but could quite easily be me on the end of a dodgy gamble uh next time. Yeah, agreed. I think Kane was arguably the best captaincy in this game day. I mean, obviously we'll come on to the next fixture, but Fernandez was probably the other option. Um I would, yeah, like he was hiding behind the sofa. And I did see, uh, I think it was Ian Parron, um, had gone to Harry Kane for captaincy. Yeah, it's cost him a transfer, but it didn't cost him any points because they they matched, you know, Kane and Fernandez in terms of returns. But I honestly don't blame Ian for doing it because he's had a, such a great start. He's, he's already 30, 40 points ahead of me, I think. And um, imagine if Kane had scored a hat-trick and he had taken that gamble, that the guy would have been flying. So he knows his stuff and rightly he's taken that gamble. Yeah, we'd have had a very different conversation if he scored a hat trick. We'd be saying, "Why didn't we make the move? Yeah. What were we thinking?" Exactly. But yeah, the uh, the way this game works, and it's why why we love it. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, um, Hoiberg finally doing what we kind of saw him doing Sky consistently last season. Man. I know you do picking up uh, picking up uh, passing tier, and um, you own him, don't you? I do, and I uh, did think about captaining him, but then I kind of. Got cold feet based on obviously the majority that are going to be on Bruno. Um, I just went with the herd, Captain Bruno. But maybe next time I might go for Hoiberg or someone of that ilk. Well, that's what Sky's all about at the end of the day. It's about calculating those risks. And yes, yeah, some some pay off, some don't. And say you had gone Hoiberg um, over Bruno, you'd be looking at a, a 10-pointer for captaincy. Whilst, you know, us Bruno owners that captained him got two points and... Talking to Bruno, that's the last game, so we'll come on to it now. It was Wolves nil, Manchester United one. Yep, uh, another great performance from Wolves. Um, at the back, tight game. Uh, De Gea had to make a lot of saves to to keep United in front. Some absolute I mean, worldies. Yeah, five saves. Um, obviously, Varane uh, hitting past here getting an assist very solid at the back i mean it's surely going to mean more clean sheets for united now so that overhaul maybe you want at least one united defender potentially i, I guess fixture wise it's not particularly great for united defensively at the moment but there is a real swing um later in the season I think it's FPL game week 14, but I'm not sure how that correlates to, to Sky game weeks because obviously they uh, they add the game week numbers uh, even during the international break. But um, yeah, I'd very much be keeping an eye on, say, the likes of Maguire and Varane for that fixture swing because you could be looking at you know consistent tier points and clean sheets and you'll be laughing if you're getting 10 points from your defender in the odd assist every time, wouldn't you? Hey, exactly, and I think... Uh... It's good signs that they're grinding out one nil wins like this against like Wolves, who've been quite impressive so far this season. Agreed. And um, I guess final final thing for uh, the Man United discussion, it would be wrong if we uh, didn't touch on it, but um, Cristiano Ronaldo obviously has signed for Manchester United, will be appearing in uh, game week oops, game week four, I guess, against uh, Newcastle. Um, and Sky have priced him exactly the same as Bruno Fernandes at 11.8 million. 
So there's a decision to be made whether you go Bruno in midfield or CR7 is, you know, 11.8 forward. Where is your head at if you had to pick one of them? It's tricky. I think my emotions get involved and wanting to have Ronaldo almost sort of pushes me over the edge yeah. to, to getting him. But I guess what you could do is have Ronaldo in one team, Bruno in the other. It's fair, um, yeah. if, if you want to kind of spread the risk, so to speak. Um, but we've seen Ronaldo perform in pretty much every league he goes to, be it the Italian league, Spanish league, the Prem. He, he's done it everywhere. He, he's obviously still remarkably fit for his age. Yeah, exactly. So, not, what not, better fixture to start with as well yeah and not only does he do it you know at, at league level but internationally and we even saw at the euros how, how how good a player and how clinical he is and yeah i just think with this man united side if they can build it up around him you know he, he's probably going to get 20 25 goals this season at least i'd expect and he's not going to be the player that we saw Back in his last spell in the Premier League, we all know what the type of player he is now, obviously, with um, with Milan last season. He's very much a front man, clinical, kind of gets a little bit stuck in, but he's going to be the one that, you know, rely on to score the goals. He's he's not going to be out wide cutting in and nutmegging defenders and whatnot. So um, that's probably one of the reasons why I think I'll go Ronaldo, just because I think if, if United do score, he's very likely to be involved. Yeah, it's going, to, it's going to be exciting. I think you might have said he was at Milan last season. Obviously, I mean you. Juve. No, I'm, I've got Lukaku in my mind because I've got an image of Lukaku on my screen right now. Yeah, Juve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, um, hmm. ah, just can't wait to see him. Just brilliant to have him back in the league. It's good for the league. Absolutely, yeah. So um, I guess that, that covers off the fixtures and uh, it's only right that we uh, have a little bit of a look of our teams before we jump into overhaul this season. Yeah, um, my teams were doing pretty well till I basically ruined captaincy on both days. Yeah. Uh, on Saturday for both teams. Uh, now sat at 16k in team one and 14k in team two. Uh, in terms of points, I think it's about 260 mm -hmm. points. So an okay start, but um, definitely hoping to build and increase my rank, well, lower my rank after overall yeah that's understandable um for me yeah it's on the basis of the fact that i kind of split my options um between the the two teams and um frustratingly you know one team hasn't done as well as i would have expected it to but uh yeah i'm sat here oh see your cat was on one podcast my dog's on another but um yeah i'm at 302 points in my main team so i'm very happy to to break that 300 point mark after the first three weeks uh two six three in my other team um i think that puts me at 2.7k in the first team and then yeah 12 12k in the other i'm happy with that to be fair um anything above i think 250 points wise you're probably looking at a, a pretty reasonable start and uh as we all know one one captaincy can get you 50 points in this game so uh there's no reason why people can't be catching up after all it's only three weeks in no, exactly. And you've obviously got those transfers to use throughout the season and that's where the gains are made. Yeah, big time, big time. And um, obviously we, we've mentioned it there, uh, at time of recording, we have nine days, 17 hours, 21 minutes and 32 seconds left of overhaul. Um, we're going to do a bit of a special podcast next week, aren't we, mate? Yes, we are. Um, 
obviously it's overhaul, so we're going to do a overhaul special where we'll cover off, box off, have a little look at who we think should be in your teams. Absolutely, yeah. Looking at those fixture swings, those two for ones, those three for ones, and maybe even look at a cheeky draft or two if uh, we've had the time at the weekend to to properly formulate them. But I think that's probably a good a good place to finish this podcast. Hopefully, uh, people have enjoyed the uh, the overview of game week three and. Uh, you can go on and spend a little bit of time tinkering with your teams before you hear us all next week. So, uh, as always, James, it's a goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.